Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. And River Rock Church is the place where you can find hope in life. There's a lot of people that aren't experiencing hope. They're very anxious about the future, about the COVID virus, about the lack of jobs, about racial tension, about all of the difficulties in life. And Jesus offers hope. Jesus offers salvation. Jesus offers a plan to help us in these difficult times. So he offers salvation from our sin and he offers answers to prayer. You can find hope in life at riverrockchurch.com and you're invited to be part of River Rock. You can come be with us or you can watch online, but you're invited to be part of River Rock Church because we're active online and we're also meeting in person. Our life groups are meeting, our youth group is meeting, our prayer group is meeting, and we are, some of us, are gathering together at the uh, uh, Cricket Field uh, private parking lot on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for an abbreviated worship service. So um, I think last week was about 40 minutes or so, but uh, we're doing that again tomorrow, Sunday, July 5th. I hope that you had a good 4th of July. I hope that uh, you were able to uh, be thankful and um, thank the Lord for the country and the freedom and the things that uh, we've been able to enjoy. I like to call us Independent Sunday. So anyway, uh, if you have a prayer request, you can go to riverrockchurch.com slash pray. If you uh, want to watch more of these videos, you can go to riverrockchurch.com slash watch. If you want to uh, listen uh, through uh, Spotify or Google Play Music or um, other Pandora, iTunes, you can go to riverrockchurch.com slash listen and see how you can uh, hear our past messages that way. River Rock Church is supported by people's giving, so uh, the only way that we can move forward is through the financial gifts of the faithful people that are part of River Rock or care about River Rock. So you can uh, give in person. You can give to uh, send a, sending a check to PO Box 184, Bell Plain, Minnesota 56011. Uh, go to riverrockchurch.com/give to see other options to give. Our mobile app, Giving by Text. Uh, you can give online right there and then. So anyway, um, we are using Facebook and YouTube to uh, launch our videos. And today, on Independence Day Sunday, our message is God's people overcome opposition. God's people overcome opposition. Um, we're meeting outside, like I mentioned, at the uh, Cricket Field parking lot, 1001 Commerce Drive West, Bell Plain, Minnesota, 56011. Bring a chair. You can sit outside, but for some reason, if it's rainy or too humid or too buggy or um, any other reason, you can sit in your car and listen to it over the radio in the parking lot at 88.7 FM. So it's kind of like a drive-in option. So uh, we'll be, as far as I know, uh, meeting in the parking lot for the month of July. I'm working with like four different uh, people that have buildings, but because of the COVID-19 prohibitions and precautions, uh, we don't feel comfortable using those spaces yet. So we're working on it. All right. Anyway, welcome to River Rock Church's message. So from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 20, uh, we're going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. And today we find ourselves here going to be using the New Living Translation because it read very clearly and was easy to apply during this brief message. Paul writes, therefore, We never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. 
And then, dear brothers and sisters, you suffered persecution from your own countrymen. In this way, you imitated the believers in God's churches in Judea, who, because of their belief in Christ Jesus, suffered from their own people, the Jews. For some of the Jews killed the prophets, and some even killed the Lord Jesus. Now they have persecuted us too. They fail to please God and work against all humanity. Verse 16 as they try to keep us from preaching the good news of salvation, the gospel, the good news of salvation to the Gentiles, uh, the non-Jews. By doing this, they continue to pile up their sins, but the anger of God has caught up with them at last. Verse 17, dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again, we wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. Verse 19, After all, what gives us hope and joy, and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. So I've got four points that I wanted to share from this passage to encourage you when you're facing opposition, to encourage you to live the Christian life, because God's people overcome opposition. Now, the Bible makes it clear, Jesus makes it clear that not everybody created is God's people, only those people who have believed in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The Bible in John 1.12, and I mention this every other week when we talk about God's people, says, to as many as received him, Jesus, to as many as received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So that means that you're adopted as a child of God. You are given the Holy Spirit, you're assured heaven, uh, you, uh, everything opens up to you when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if you haven't received Christ into your life, repented of your sin, realizing that you're headed in the wrong direction and you want to turn and follow Jesus, would you like to become one of God's people today? You can do so by praying something like this. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and that you died on the cross for my sin and rose again on the third day. Lord, I acknowledge that um, you have ascended into heaven and you are actively involved in the world. Uh, Lord, I want to follow after you. Please forgive me of my sin and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. In Jesus' name, Amen. The words to the prayer don't save you. The uh, connection, uh, the acknowledgement, the confession from your heart uh, to the Lord, prayer talking to God, that's what saves you. So the words that I just prayed will work uh, if you truly mean it. But if you just said the words, it uh, doesn't count, doesn't work, not effective. But anyway, uh, this message is for God's people. Are you one of God's people? God's people overcome opposition. Number one, know the Word of God works. Know the Word of God works. That's the Bible, the Word of God. How did we get the Bible? God used, uh, through the Holy Spirit, used men to write down Scripture. Uh, the words uh, sometimes are uh, in the, the dialect or whatever of the authors, but the uh, thoughts are God-breathed, are given. Let's just look at that for a second. Okay, so Paul in 1 Thessalonians 2.3 writes to the Thessalonians, we never stop thanking God that when you received 
his message from us. You didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. So these Pauline epistles, these letters are actually the very word of God and to be applied to our life. It teaches us how to live. It teaches us what's sin. It teaches us what's right, what's wrong, what attitudes we're supposed to have. Uh, it teaches us from the experience of other people. It teaches us how to be Christ followers, to be Christians. So 2 Timothy 3.16 is a good verse, a good passage that talks about this. Paul wrote this to Timothy. All scripture is God is all of scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So as you are in God's Word, as you're reading God's Word or listening to God's Word, you can listen to it for free at uversion.com or uh, bible.com. Reading God's Word is important. It's like feeding yourself. If you want to be strong, you surely don't want to starve yourself to death, which means that regularly reading God's Word will help strengthen you in your Christian life. The Holy Spirit uses God's Word to teach you, to guide you, to direct you, to inspire you, to encourage you, and to help you be be effective at making disciples like Jesus called us to do. So, uh, inspired by God. God breathed, useful to teach us what is true. What is true, people say. So many people right now are led by their feelings instead of by facts. They want to um, be angry and see change and everything, but it's not based a lot based on uh, their attitudes and the things they do aren't based on anything scriptural. Uh, they don't, they've thrown the Bible out, said we don't need God, and then it just makes a mess out of everything. Really, a country who pursues God and follows after the Bible uh, as the Bible is clearly written and interpreted correctly will see great results and be a blessed place to live, be a great place to live. But when we throw all that out, then everything becomes a mess and everybody does what's right in their own eyes and it's very difficult. It's a terrible place to live then. But anyway, so scripture corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip us to do every good work. So we need to read our Bibles. Uh, Bible translations, just real quick. Um, So uh, when our church started many years ago, we always used the NIV 1984 edition and the New American Standard Bible, uh, usually the 1995 update. Bible translations as the Greek and Hebrew is translated and it's updated, so it speaks the language that we speak today, and sometimes words change words evolve. And anyway, so uh, then they switched or changed a bunch of stuff up on the NIV. That's called the NIV 2011. And so we use that sometimes. Sometimes we use the English Standard Version. Sometimes we use the Christian Standard Bible. Sometimes we use the New American Standard Bible, which is probably your closest uh, Greek word or Hebrew word for English word. It doesn't read as smooth, but it's pretty accurate if you're doing word studies in the Bible. And then the New Living Translation is a Bible translation, not a paraphrase. If you Google search it, you'll find people that say it's a paraphrase. Well, no, it's not. The Living Bible before it was, but then a bunch of translators got together and it was retranslated and updated. And so we're using the 2013 or 2015 edition of the New Living Translation and uh, even Chuck Swindoll, um, a well-known known uh, Bible teacher and uh, former leader of 
Dallas Theological Seminary, uh, says it is a translation that connects with people and makes a difference, and it's good. So anyway, that's what we're using today. New Living Translation, uh, you need to find the Bible that works for you. You need to find the Bible that you will read. So another thing is that you read through one Bible translation for a while. And then you read another one. So Pastor Dan likes to read through the Bible and switch off translations. I think he's using the Christian Standard Bible uh, for his latest reading through the Bible. So anyway, uh, moving on. Galatians 1, 12 to 13, Paul says, I received my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion and how violently I persecuted God's church and I did my best to destroy it. So what he's saying is that what I'm telling you, Paul what I'm writing you isn't from me, it's from Jesus. So for, Jesus said that he would send the Holy Spirit, uh, that he wouldn't leave us as orphans, that the Holy Spirit would be a comforter, that he would teach us everything. And so, um, move on. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And that is so true. You know, you can't just read through the Bible once and like a textbook and say, oh, I got it. I read that. I know it all. Matter of fact, the more you read the Bible, the more the Bible opens up, the more questions. Actually, the more you learn about the Bible, actually, the more questions you often have. But you can read often if you do it prayerfully and thoughtfully and ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand. You can read through the Bible over and over again and keep learning because it says here it's alive and powerful. It's living and active. We need the living and active Word of God flowing in our lives if we want to live the best Christian life, to have hope, to have peace, and everything else that comes with it. Know the Word of God works. You will benefit from reading the Word of God. Number two, expect people to be hostile toward God and you. Expect people to be hostile toward God and you. So um, Paul writes, like I read before in 1 Thessalonians 2.14, that you suffered persecution from your own people, uh, from the Jews back then. Um, in this way, you imitated the believers of God's churches in Judea, who, because of their belief in Christ Jesus, suffered from their own people, the Jews, and they were faithful. So many different Christ followers around the world have been persecuted for their faith. It's nothing new. Uh, Jesus even said that we would be persecuted. I think that's a verse I have in, in a minute here. But... Uh, know that people will misunderstand you. People will be angry with you if you don't follow uh, somebody else's way, uh, the things that they believe. They might be angry with you. If your uh, faith in Christ, your Bible reading, your Bible, the things that you're gaining from the Bible are showing you there's a certain way to live and there's a right and wrong, and then you stand upon that when you say, well, you know, the Bible says that there is a certain way uh, for um, there is a specific way that God intended a man and woman to be married to one another. And uh, so uh, and then you start, um, you know, making dividing lines between what biblical marriage is and what biblical marriage isn't. And other people get really angry and upset and uh, it's just uh, another mess. But expect people to persecute you. Expect people to be hostile toward God and you, Jesus said in John 15, 18, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. 
Jesus was hated. Jesus was persecuted. And he said, if we're going to follow him, we can expect the same kind of thing. So don't be persecuted because you're a jerk. Don't be persecuted because you're doing uh, all sorts of stuff that just make people mad at you. Uh, instead, uh, be living the way Jesus wants you to live and know that other people around you aren't going to appreciate it. Uh, some people will love it. Other people aren't going to like it. Expect that. Philippians 1.29, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. So here it says that we are to see it as a privilege to suffer for Jesus, to suffer for living right, for suffering, uh, suffer for living for our faith. We can know that when that happens, that it's an honor. Doesn't sound fun, but uh, Christ sees, Christ is going to reward us for our faithfulness. And sometimes as we uh, suffer and go through that persecution, we're actually being light in the world, light in a very dark place. We're being salt and we, salt is a preservative, we can make a difference in the world even when we're being persecuted as we follow Jesus. So 2 Timothy 3.12, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So there it is again, a promise that not everybody is going to like you if you're following Christ, if you're following Jesus, if you're living out the Bible, expect people to be hostile toward God and you. Acts 18.6, Paul, uh, when they opposed and assaulted, uh, when they opposed Paul, the Jews, uh, the persecuting Jews, not all Jews, but these particular Jews that were persecuting Paul, the ones that with the Romans helped put Jesus on the cross. Uh, so we're not saying that every one of the Jews was bad, but there were particular Jews that opposed Paul, that insulted him. So finally Paul just said, uh, well here, Paul shook the dust from his clothes and said, your blood is upon your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go preach to the Gentiles. So, I mean, they gave him a hard time at Philippi. They gave him a hard time at Thessalonica. They just kept giving him a hard time. So he's like, forget it. I'll just go preach to the Gentiles. They're pretty happy to hear this stuff. And actually, that was God's will, that he would be the apostle to the Gentiles. Number three. Number three, realize Satan may stand in your way. We are in a spiritual battle, and Satan has many ways to sidetrack us, to shut us down. Uh, the more, I think, that we are being faithful to follow Jesus, the more that we are living for Christ, the more we are trying to uh, make a difference in the world uh, and lead lost people to Christ so that they'll be saved, uh, the more opposition we can expect from Satan and his demons. So 1 Thessalonians 2.17, uh, Paul says, We are separated from you for a little while. Uh, so they were in Thessalonica. I don't know if it was three weeks or three months, but basically they got chased out of town. And uh, in my previous message, I mentioned that Paul says, you know, our, our visit to you wasn't a waste because uh, what we taught you took and it made a difference. Paul said that we were separated from you for a while, but we tried really hard to get back to you. Uh, we had an intense longing to see you again. It wasn't like they just wanted to, to run away from uh the Thessalonians, and uh, not come back. We very much wanted to come to you, um, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. I don't know, how did Satan prevent him? Uh, maybe uh, it was a health thing, or a travel thing, or a prison thing, or some form of persecution, or um, anyway, it didn't work out, and Paul realized that Satan was the one that was standing in the way, making it so it wasn't uh, easy, so it wasn't possible. And uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 
says Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So when we're being opposed, when we're enduring opposition, when we are sharing the message of Christ and people don't get it, know that Satan often tries to blind the minds so that people can't believe. Uh, The Holy Spirit needs to come upon them, to convict them of their sin, to help them to understand so that they can respond. And so we need to pray about that. The most effective way to stand against Satan is to pray, to pray for believers, to pray for missionaries, to pray for the ministry that you're involved in, um, to stand against Satan. The most effective, most effective uh, thing that we can do is pray in Jesus' name. And so Paul realized that Satan was standing in the way. Ephesians 6.12, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen rule, rule in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You know, uh, Satan wants to do everything he can to keep you away from Jesus. So if he can distract you, I mean, think about all these simple things, okay? What if God really wants you to go to church and then there's a great movie on Saturday night and then you find yourself watching TV all night and then you're too tired to go to church on Sunday? What if um, Satan is tempting you and everybody's got some issue in their life where they're more likely to give into temptation. Some some people, their hot button is greed or lust or um, lying or so many other things. But so what if Satan tempts you to give into this and says, everybody's doing it. You should just do it. Just it's fine. Everybody it's, don't 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 worry about it. It's not it's not bad. Just do it. Everybody's doing it. But you know God's word says it's wrong. You know it's sin. But you give in a uh, little temptation, and then you give in, and then. Uh, You're like, oh, that was exciting. But then this regret, if you're truly following Christ, this regret, this conviction of sin comes. And then you uh, confess that to Jesus. You say, Lord Jesus, I know that I sinned and that was wrong. And please help me not to do that again. But then Satan comes along and he's the accuser. And he'll accuse you and tell you that you're a sinner and nobody wants to have anything to do with you. And that you might as well not serve Jesus anymore because you're just a hypocrite and all these other things. Um, That's a huge spiritual battle right there. What if you are wanting to spend time in God's Word, but you're constantly distracted by things? Um, I remember one time we were sitting down for family devotions at the table, and then all of a sudden the doorbell rings, and it's a Kirby vacuum salesman, and they're really hard to get rid of. But it just seems, you know, like many times uh, when you want to do something significant for Christ, there's a disruption. Uh, When you're sharing your faith uh, with someone and then all of a sudden a loud baby cries or or something comes up or a person's phone, they get an important phone call or uh, so many distractions, big spiritual battle, um, realize that Satan may stand in your way and you need to pray through that. Sometimes God just takes care of it. Sometimes God allows it, but you need to be faithful no matter what the situation is and you need to realize that Satan may stand in your way. Okay, and number four, number four, this is my last point. Remember, investing in people is rewarding. Investing in people is rewarding. Again, 1 Thessalonians 2.19, Paul says, after all, what gives us hope and joy? What will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. When you come to the end of this life, you are uh, going to uh, stand before Jesus and either give an account 
of your life, uh, whether or not you merit heaven, uh, or if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, you will be judged and rewarded according to your works. So you will be uh, judged by Jesus for the good things that you did, and uh, there will be rewards for that. Uh, what's rewardable? Um, is being the CEO of your corporation rewardable? Um, well, if you use it to influence people and to make an eternal difference, then I suppose it is. But um, how about having a nice boat? Uh, everybody's out on their boat on July 4th having a good time, except for those that don't have boats. Anyway, um, what? how about sports? Uh, maybe you're a great athlete. Maybe you have many trophies, like real trophies, like you got first place, not partition, participation trophies because you showed up. But anyway, um, so Paul says, hope and joy and reward come from investing in people. Investing in people is rewarding. Seeing people grow in their faith is rewarding. It makes you feel good about your life. When you can look back on your life and see who you invested in so that they can grow in their faith, who you discipled, who you led to Jesus so that they could be saved. When you look back on those things, those things that have an eternal uh, reward, uh, make an eternal difference, that helps you uh, when you're being opposed, when you're suffering opposition, when you're going through difficulty and hardship. Know that, rem uh, remember, uh, when you're going through hard stuff, investing in people is rewarding, is rewardable. First Peter 5.4, Peter writes, When the great shepherd, that's Jesus, appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. So um, the exact uh, what these crowns look like, what exactly they're like, we don't know. But hey, you're going to be recognized by the Lord. You're going to be recognized by the God of the universe. All the angels are going to see you get that reward. Um, and you will know that uh, what you did was worthwhile. Maybe you suffered. Maybe you sacrificed here in this life for an eternal reward. Uh, a crown of never-ending glory and honor. To be honored for eternity, for um, investing in people, that's awesome. And helps you get through the hard times. First uh, Corinthians 9.25, Paul writes, All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So the athletes would get like a wreath, a temporary uh, acknowledgement of their victory. And uh, they would do everything that they could to uh, train. Uh, they would adjust their diet, everything they could to win, to uh, be that champion and be recognized. And we need to do everything that we can to be champions for Jesus as we invest in people and serve the Lord. Uh, Philippians 4.1 Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, you, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my works. So there's that crown idea again. And Paul uh, repeatedly saying, it's you, it's the people, it's the people um, that I've invested in, it's the people growing in Jesus, it's the people that are obeying the Word of God, uh, it's obeying the things that I've taught um, that are bringing me joy, that make me feel good about my life, that help me through the difficulties. And um, we're continuing this series uh, for uh, First Thessalonians that God's people are encouraging, and I hope that you'll tune in next week or come to church next week as we uh, continue in First Thessalonians chapter 2 and see how God's people inspire one another. God's people inspire one another.
So um, being that it is Independence Sunday, I just wanted to point out this is a, this is a picture of uh, our Veterans Park here in Belle Plaine with all the flags that they put out there. Pretty awesome. But in First, first Timothy 2, 1 through 2, it says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you've given me the opportunity to speak into this camera, and I pray that the message will spread out to people that need to hear it. Lord, I thank you that you can encourage us in times of opposition. I pray that you would help us to be wise when it comes to temptation and be able to see when the devil is trying to trip us up. Lord, I pray that we would uh, prioritize investing in people. I pray that you would help our government leaders and health officials and uh, everybody to uh, work together for the true good of uh, men and women and children uh, in our country and even around the world. Lord, I pray for healing, for the racial division. I pray that we'd all be able to get along and that people's skin color, race, uh, history uh, would be put behind and we could move forward. Uh, Lord, I pray that many lost people would become Christ followers. I pray that people would just get tired of um, chasing from one thing to another without uh, pursuing you and living out your word. I pray that you give River Rock Church a building to meet in and that you'd provide for us as we go on from week to week. I pray that you would heal the sick people and that you would provide jobs for those who are without jobs and that you would provide money for those who are short on money and that you would provide hope for those who are hopeless and provide uh, some form of encouragement uh, to those who are lonely and uh, so many other things to pray for. But we ask us in Jesus' name, amen. So I've got a video uh, that goes for like two minutes that you can watch and uh, then we're done here. But anyway, so thanks for tuning in. And uh, if you find this uh, helpful in any way, uh, put it in the comments on YouTube or Facebook or send us, uh, send us a note at riverrockchurch.com. So thanks, bye. We wave high the flag of freedom as a patriotic reminder to never take our independence for granted. Fireworks explode into the night sky, lighting up the darkness, reminding us of our nation's calling in the world. One nation under God. We look into the sky and remember that for all the freedom we have to celebrate, we must never forget our dependence on God. It was by His hand we were afforded our independence. So we might stand for liberty, remembering He set us free from the bondage of sin. So we might stand for justice, for the Lord loves justice, and He will not forsake His saints. So we might stand for freedom, because we know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We thank you, God, for the beautiful gift of our country. May we always depend on you to sustain us.